Welcome to Realoran International Ministries Incorporated with Anne Elizabeth, where real people meet a real God. Welcome to Realoran. I'm so glad that you have joined me today. At in our lesson, we're going to be looking at truth. You know, truth is such a vital part of our existence here as the human race. It states in the book of John, chapter 8, verse 32, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I think it's very important if Christ is wanting us to know truth, Christ, the Son of God, the Son of the Most High God, who sits in the heavens and rules over all of His existence, the Creator of life. Uh, if He wants us to take a look at truth for our freedom, we need to unpackage this subject. You know, it was years ago, uh, actually in November of 2006, when the Lord appeared to me and I saw the Holy Ghost and he said to me, this is not magic. And I had no idea of what actually he was referring to or the road that lay ahead for me in my work for Christ and in his kingdom for the souls of men to set truth before you as uh, the humanity at large. Back in 2001, I was lost and hopeless and uh, I was wrecked from a domestic violence assault uh, that wreaked havoc on my cranium and my skeletal system. And the Lord appeared in person to set the record straight about who he was as God and what um, he expected out of me being one of his daughters that came to him and received forgiveness for my sin and was supposed to be a family member underneath his love and authority and statutes. But I was not, I, I did not have the full message of truth. Therefore, I could not live it. We cannot live what we do not have. We cannot give what is not ours. And so God was turned the lights on to let me know truth so that I would come out of iniquity, come out of Satan's dominion called iniquity so that my ruin would not be established by my sin upon this earth. And so the Holy Spirit was telling me that much, um, much work, uh, much sacrifice, uh, lie, lie ahead in my life for the souls of men. You know, it's amazing that, uh, Jesus told um, Paul, that he would suffer greatly for his name. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. You know, when you're called of the Lord to come out of darkness and to come out of iniquity and to learn truth, being that truth is the word of God, uh, Genesis 1 to the end of Revelation, to know truth, to know the word of God is to know God. And when you know the word of God, then you come out of the kingdom of hell here upon the earth, out of sin into, and into righteousness in Christ. It's the only uh, proper, intelligent move to make. And so he told Paul also that he would encounter many, many obstacles, many uh, adversaries, enemies, many things that would happen in his life as he pursued with Christ the souls of men. 
You know, the two kingdoms upon the earth in the invisible realm are is the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Lucifer. And there is a war going on 24-7 in the invisible atmosphere of our existence on the earth uh, where they wage war over your soul and mine. The soul is the mind, the will, and the activity of that. And so... God is always leading you in the right path and Satan is always pulling humanity in the wrong path because he knows that if he can get them to die in the wrong path, to die in iniquity, he has their soul for all eternity and the lake of fire. So God is always, always uh, pressing forward to place truth in front of us as the human race. And when somebody is called to work with Christ, to co-labor with God for the souls of men, they're going to encounter uh, hatred. They're going to encounter animosity. They're going to encounter the war with the kingdom of hell that can come and wreak havoc in their life. And that's just part of being a Christian. You know, just being a Christian that obeys the Ten Commandments uh, as Jesus has, has told us in Matthew nineteen seventeen, if you want to enter life, obey the commandments. And so the devil comes against the Christian that wants to obey God, knowing the Christian must. The, the, the devil's side comes against that Christian to try to take them down, to try to take them out of God's kingdom, to try to ruin them inside of God's kingdom. But the thing about God is if you hold on to God, and you do the, you know, you, you just walk slowly under God during your attacks, you're going to make it to victory because there's no one higher than the most high God. And so they were letting me know the, the Trinity, the angels appeared, what have you. This is all in my, my book, Boots in Lipstick. And you can find that book, Boots in Lipstick, on www.realaron.org. Um, it's a great book about when the Lord appeared in 2006 and uh, what transpired from that. But the Lord was telling me, this is not going to be magic. This isn't, a, you know, this is going to be you uh, giving it all you have to overcome the attacks that are coming upon your life. And he showed me the unclean kingdom and their attacks they had planned and aimed at my life before they came to pass. Very interesting. God warns us, gives us a heads up so that our heads aren't, you know, totally devastated. You know, he gives us a warning before we enter into that season of time. And he holds us very tight through that tragedy or whatever hits your, hits your life. But uh, so he was letting me know that this is just a part of, of being uh, called to work with God for the souls of men. Satan hates truth. He's always twisted it from the beginning in the book of Genesis, we read how the serpent uh, looked at Eve and said, did God really say you wouldn't die? See, he's always twisted what God has said to the human so the human loses. And the only way the human isn't going to lose is if you and I read daily the word of life as Jesus commands, that we partake of the bread of life on a daily basis. And so we need to realize as Christians that we were, we are going to enter, encounter various seasons, uh, where we are laced with trials and hardships and a great amount of work. 
You know, for people to think that when they come into Christ from the world, they they come into into the kingdom of God through the cross of Jesus Christ, that you're going to sit over here and you're never going to encounter hardships. That's um, that's a delusion because you're still on the earth where the God of this world, the devil, roams to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. It's also a fact that not all people are subject to God, but they are subject to Satan and carry out the desires in love of the devil uh, against the Christian. And so we know that there's just different seasons of a human's life inside the uh, kingdom of God on the earth. And when we realize that and that God has promised us victory through everything we go through, then we're going to hold on to God through the storms and trials and hardships to the other side called over and victory. Amen. And I can uh, testify for God. I've been through much, but God has brought me through to the other side because I held on to him. I held on to the word and we walked it to the other side called victory storm over. Amen. But we know by looking at the book of Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 31, that Jesus spoke this to Peter, one of his disciples, one of his students, and later called to be an apostle, a leader sent by Christ to to inform humanity at large about the reality of existence. You know, life is more than uh, Macy's department store and what's on sale at uh, the latest um, fashion show in Paris. You know, life is more than your golf game. Life is more than your big home and your three cars. God wants us to enjoy life and have things. Trust me. He gives us all things to enjoy, but he wants us to enjoy the earth, but he wants us to look beyond the earth inside of the invisible realm to understand his operations over the earth by reading one book called the Bible. And then we'll be able to understand and be intelligent people and safe in Christ and know how to operate in life so that we can succeed and enter into heaven with great reward. And so, but he was telling, Jesus was telling Peter this. He said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. The devil wanted to get a hold of Peter and and turn his life upside down and shake everything that could be shaken in his life to get him to walk away from God. And, you know, back in 2006 in my home office, when the Lord appeared, he also brought with him later appeared Satan. And he, he informed me that he was waiting for me to walk away from the Lord because when I did, he was going to destroy me. See, that's his only mission, John 10.10. I come to steal, to kill, and to destroy you. And that is his mission. God has come to give you life and life more abundantly and then eternal life. Which side looks better to you, right? And so after Satan had said this and he wanted to sift me as wheat and he attacked my, my life and things Things dissolved in my life. But God, Romans 8, 28, works all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So the fact that many things dissolved in my life after I stood back and looked at what was dissolving 
after my healing and the process of all that, were things that weren't of God anyway. They, they were codependent relationships, a marriage that was uh, stimulated and propelled by wrong things. You know, I was, uh, I was an abused wife and he was a porn addict, you know, it wasn't good. And so the things that God allowed to be destroyed, um, were things that were harmful. And the thing is, is that God works with people, but he doesn't control them to do things his way. You know, God can work with our spouses, but God doesn't force them to serve and honor him. God has given us all a free will, but, uh, and, and, but all the things that were destroyed were, uh, when I look at it now, were things that needed to go anyway. But Jesus says to Simon, but I have prayed for you. Do you know Jesus prays for us? I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. Faith is more than uh, believing God for things. Now we know that without God, we can have nothing. As we've been told in the Bible, without God, you can have nothing. And that is absolutely true because the Bible informs us that God gives us all for life and all for godliness. And that's all you need, right? Is in God. For in God are all things and they come, they're, they're in God and they come through God to you and I. And then we go back to God. It's beautiful. But uh, Jesus prays and, and he says, Peter, I pray that your faith may not fail. And in your, in your sifting, you know, we, you know that you are to obey me and to repent when you need to and not forsake the way, the truth, and the life, or to forsake God and your afflictions, miseries, trials, afflictions, seasons, refinings, storms, the list is on and on and on. If you forsake God, you're embracing death, you're embracing Satan, and you're embracing destruction into your life. So, so Jesus prays that in no matter what season and, and passage we're going through, that we our faith, our belief, our understanding, our intelligence about life, we do not forsake the one that loves us and will give all good things to us in his time. Amen? Because God has perfect love for you. He has perfect love for his creation. You know, Apostle Paul's resume was very is very interesting. He was a man chosen by God to 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 move through humanity and to place intelligence in front of them, the reality of existence, the reality of God, the reality of the demonic kingdom, and how to operate your life to succeed on the earth, to, to be in good health, to, to, to have money and to have wealth, to have sanity and families and businesses and education and cities and villages and, and churches and, and good throughout this earth. That's who God is. He wants us to, to, to be like him, to be holy, to be pure, to be royal, to be wealthy, to be intelligent and to do life with him. Um, Paul speaks very clearly about what he went through, uh, working for Christ. He says, uh, in first, uh, it's second Corinthians chapter 11, eight, 18 through 28. I'm going to skip down to verse 25. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once I was stoned. I suffered shipwreck, a night in a day I have been in the deep. 
and journeys often in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils. Perils means danger. In dangers, perils among false brethren, people that seem to be one thing, but they're really another. In weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides those things that are without, that which comes upon me daily, the care of all the churches. See, God worked with Paul for the care of humanity, and he was an apostle, and he set up the work of God all over the place, everywhere he went. But Paul encountered these items as a servant and as an apostle and as a son of God, you know? And so when we come to serve God and we come as Christians and we come as uh, the, the, you know, and we work in the place that God has assigned for us, think not that we're going to have an easy, easy road ahead. Sometimes there's a smooth path, and then all of a sudden a rock can be thrown right through your windshield, you know, as you're driving straight along, and, and, the, and the sea is to the right of you, and the ocean waves, and the sun is blowing, and you've had a great day at the beach, you know, and then you get that phone call. And that phone call it about blows your mind. And it was a rock thrown to you from the enemy's territory or, or just life happened, right? And so in the midst of that, we don't turn to God and say, what, why did you do this? Why did you have this? Why did you, why did you let this happen? Why is this happening? And get really mad at God and turn from God and walk away with the devil. Do you see? Because God has told us in the Bible many, are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord will deliver you out of them all. If I walked away from God every time the devil threw a rock at me the last 19 years after I came out of heaven and hell and have been preaching the gospel and evangelizing in the way that God has assigned for me to do, if I walked away for everything that I didn't get when I didn't want it, when I wanted it, I had to wait of still waiting on things that I desire from the Lord, because the Bible tells us through faith, believing, and patience, we will receive. But to be a, a people that have a grateful heart under God and thank God for what we do have, you know, we have Him. We have Him with us, you know. It's beautiful to have the Lord with us, um, that He lives in us and He walks with us and He teaches us and He talks with us. He's, a, he's an amazing Creator. He's absolutely brilliant, and he's amazing. He's full of love, and he is truth, and he's he's created existence. And the other day, I was look searching all the you know the the creation, just a drop in the bucket of the things that we see upon planet Earth. I researched uh, many things, and it tells me the Earth is four and a half billion years old. Four and a half billion years old. So four and a half billion years ago. The earth was created. It's amazing, you know. And then I was studying um, the different colors, and, and there's 10,000 different colors. That, that amazes me. There's 6,500 languages. 
There's 195 nations, countries, and everybody looks different, speaks different, different cultures. The Creator, do you know that we have 37.2 trillion uh, cells or taste buds? It just and the list goes on and on and on. The brilliance of our Creator. There's over eight million animal species. And then you get into the birds and the fish underground. It's just, it's, the list is just endless of his, uh, hugeness, his magnificence. You know, and when you stand back and you look at who he is, you just stand in awe, you know? And I think he can handle the rocks that are thrown in our windshield as we drive through life with him. So we just need to hang on. And, uh, you know, Paul was called by Christ for action. He wasn't called just to hang out at the beach every day and to soak, you know. He was called, he was told, I am the Christ, I am the Passover lamb, go tell them, right? And uh, the new system began, the New Testament. And you know, when Christ called Moses and he was in the burning bush speaking to Moses, 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 you know, take off your shoes for you are standing on holy ground meaning pure, completely pure ground. And then he gave Moses, he gave Moses his name. Moses said, who are you? What should I call you? He says, I am is my name. I am that I am. And he's still I am. And he's the creator of everything that you see, uh, except iniquity. But um, he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. But when he called Moses, he called Moses to co-labor with him. He called Moses to for action. He says, let's go. We're going to Pharaoh. And you're going to tell Pharaoh, this whole country of Egypt, very elite, very brilliant, very full, very complete. And here Moses was, you know. He had moved out of Egypt, uh, being Pharaoh's son, uh, years, years prior. And um, he was a shepherd. You know, and God's like, I can do this. It's going to be you and me and we're going to go and I'll show you. I'm going to bring the Israelites out from underneath that slavery and I'm going to set up a system with you. And so the the journey began with those two. And then God added Aaron, as we read about. But uh, Christ calls us for action uh, for the souls of the nations. You know, um, he wants us to be people that know him. So every Christian, you know, gets their Bible. I love King James Version the best. It's the cleanest. It's the purest. And uh, he wants every Christian to begin to read the Bible again and to do what it says. And if everyone just did that, the whole earth would change. We would see darkness become light. We would see the lights going on in every home across every nation. We would see people getting a trash bag and throwing in the sin that God abhors and rejects and, and having big bonfires like they did in the book of Acts. We would see Christian businesses rise up. We would see Christian leaders and government rise up. We would see our nations emptied of sin and righteousness raised in their places. We would once again have healthy cities and states and nations and a beautiful earth. Uh, that is the desire of God's heart. 
But we have to work with God as individuals, you know, and say, Lord, what is my assignment on the earth? The earth is huge, and it is, and there's seven and a half billion of us. I just rounded over to eight billion. And, and, you know, I'm one of the eight billion, but I want to make a difference in the lives of others. What do you want me to do to help other people? And God will tell you what he wants you to do. And then you work with God and he'll take you to that place and help you all the way out of here. We have that relationship with God. But Christ informed Paul that he would suffer. And we can read about that in the books, the book of Acts chapter nine, beginning in verse 10 where Jesus uh, went to a man named Ananias, and he, he led Ananias to go to pray for Saul. Now, Ananias was a little uh, nervous, to say the least. He said, oh, Lord, don't you know this guy is, is wicked? He's been harming people. And I don't think Ananias wanted to be harmed, and he didn't, he didn't want to do anything like that. But the Lord told him that he was... He, he says, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me. See, the Lord looked at Paul, and he knew that he was going to take all of that personality of Paul, and he was going to recycle it for good, you know? That's what God does. He recycles us. He restores us. He transforms us. He's constantly creating things uh, in us and through us and about our life as we walk this journey with him. And so he, he told Ananias, he's a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. So we can see that suffering is a part of it because why? Why do we have to suffer as Christians? Well, Suffering just comes naturally because as Christians, we've come out of the world where the devil is the leader of the world. He's the God of the world, the Bible tells us. And we have come through the cross of Jesus Christ into the kingdom of our Father. And we're, we're working out our salvation. We're reading the word of God. We're doing the word of God. And we know that the devil wants to cause us to suffer through different circumstances or attacks or whatever. And, you know, another another way we could suffer is just God refining and crucifying our flesh. You know, we could say, well, I haven't been shopping for years. You know, I see everybody else getting to run to the mall and they got these big bags in there. You know, they, they have their big, uh, they, they have their coffees and their pizza and all their food. And, and then they walk with all these big bags to their to the trunk of their car and you know, you just got to go window shopping again. And it's been years since you had a wad of money to spend, you know. But God is crucifying your flesh, perhaps, and so that you can have eternal eyes and you can see the things that are eternal instead of always grabbing for the temporary things of life. Because the things that are eternal are important. You know, your soul, other people's soul, and the Word of God. Those are the only things that are eternal on this planet. And so, you know, God God will give you money to spend at the mall, I'm sure. Just keep walking with the Lord because he has a covenant to, f- to fill. And that is to bless the willing and the obedient ones in his kingdom. That is a promise. That is an oath that he has given you and I. So we, we don't want to come into Christ thinking we'll never suffer again. Because if we have that mentality, the first episode of suffering, we turn on God 
That's what the devil wants, and we walk away with the devil into our destruction. Amen? And in our suffering, we need to stay with God. Um, in the book of Romans, beginning uh, chapter 8, beginning in verse 16, it says, The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. That means that everything that is theirs in heaven is ours. Isn't that amazing? That, you know, all of heaven in existence is God's and Christ is God's. He's an heir of God and we are co-heirs with Jesus. Isn't that amazing? We have so much in the ages to come. We have a lot to gain here on the earth too. You know, we have the image of Jesus should be on our bucket list going into the image of Jesus and to finish our kingdom assignments, right, that are given to us from God. It says, if we're heirs with, you know, joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified. So suffering does come, you know, and it comes in many fashions. Now, a lifetime of suffering is not God. You know, we have different religious sects that believe that, they have taken a vow of suffering, basically, a vow of poverty, a vow of celibacy, a vow of suffering. That is not of God. God does not want us to have a lifetime of suffering. The Bible tells us after we have suffered a little while, God himself will uh, take it away and make it better. Okay? He's a father. He's a father to you. And your suffering won't remain. This, You'll get through this. This season will come to an end. Good night. Rialaron International Ministries Incorporated appreciates all of its faithful covenant partners and wishes each and every one of you a beautiful life with Jesus. Please visit Rialaron today at www.rialaron.org.